So I remember reading this BBC news article, which had this line in it, basically that said, if coronavirus doesn't kill my workers, then starvation will. And reading that kind of going, there's something to be done here. So as a team, we kind of got together and we kind of said, well, how could we impact this? And we came up with this idea, which we ended up calling Lost Stock, which was that we would basically sell the clothes that had been made and completed for other people to help the factories generate revenue so they could pay back their lines of credit. But what we would also do is that we would take the kind of the, the margin and the money that was made and invest that directly into helping garment workers out the other side. Hello and welcome to Conscious Commerce, the podcast that shows you that sustainability doesn't have to be a scary word in business. On this show, we talk to founders, experts, and executives from around the world who are building successful modern brands that consider their impact on the planet and on people. I'm your host, Ellie Strang, and this podcast is brought to you by No Issue. On today's show, we are joined by Kelly Russell, the founder of This Is Unfolded. This Is Unfolded is reimagining the way retail can look by designing out waste from clothing production. Let's time travel back to one year ago. I know, that does feel like forever. What did life look like for you when the COVID-19 pandemic hit? Maybe you were eating a lot of snacks, re-watching your favorite TV series, or considering a career pivot. Kelly, who is working in the fashion industry, used the time to solve a massive global problem. After the pandemic struck in 2020, Brands cancelled over $2 billion worth of clothes, with factories that were mainly in developing countries. This left workers without jobs or livelihoods, and an estimated hundreds of millions of pieces of clothing destined for landfill. To solve this problem, Kelly and his team launched into action and created Lost Stock, which sold mystery boxes of clothing to people around the world to save them from being wasted and support factory and garment workers. The goal was to sell 10,000 boxes, but they ended up selling 125,000. The world has returned somewhat to normal since then, which means there's no longer lost stock to sell. But Kelly has created a new way of shopping through This Is Unfolded. It uses data and detailed customer feedback to create made-to-order clothes, and then reinvests the money back into the communities who are creating them. In this episode, You'll learn Kelly's top tips on how to rethink the status quo in your industry. Just how much clothing is sent to landfill in a normal retail model. And how to find purpose-led shoppers and build a community around them. Here's Kelly and I for Conscious Commerce. Welcome, Kelly, to the podcast. Hey, Ellie, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, really good. Uh, Really, really good. Uh, It's 8 a.m. in sunny Scotland. So, yeah, a great way to start the day. Sunny Scotland. Things are looking up. <laughs> yeah, look, it's not going to stay for a long period of time. Like, do you know what I mean? I don't want to <laughs> trick anyone into thinking that this is your sunny holiday destination in the near future. But yeah, we've had uh, we've had like a week of sunshine, which in Scotland is a it's a big deal, basically. Yeah, I was going to say you don't really hear about um, Scotland being a sunny destination, so that's cool. You're getting your vitamin D over there <laughs> yeah, for a very short period of time, Ellie. For a very short period of time, we're getting our vitamin D. Yeah. 
So This Is Unfolded's mission is to remove waste from the fashion industry and use the savings to create clothing that is better for you, better for the environment and better for the world. But before we get into the business side of things, I'd like to get to know you a little bit better first as a person. So what's a fun fact about you that not many people know or your go-to party trick? Oh, that's like a really difficult question because I don't think I'm great at parties, to be honest with you. Like, the, like my introvert comes out, which is which is not normally the case. A really random fact, though, and it's just going to continue our Scottish theme, is that when I was younger, I used to play the bagpipes. So I very much lived that Scottish cliche, and I still have a set, and I could probably give you a tune, and then I would collapse in a heap because it takes so much lungs and lip sort of energy to, to do. Yeah, I struggle to blow up a balloon. So I'm like wondering, is, a, is the bagpipes like that times 20? <laughs> Probably like times a thousand sort of thing, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's really quite interesting. Basically, you learn to play the bagpipes by learning to play a different instrument when you're young. So like a chanter, so you like learn how to do like little finger movements and stuff. And then as you get to like a certain age, you then get taught how to do the bagpipe bit because it takes like such lung capacity and also like your lips have to be strong enough to be able to like blow into it for like the prolonged period of time. <laughs> it's a really weird sort of instrument and one of the few instruments that probably makes you physically fitter the more that you use it. <laughs> so do you ever bring it out for special occasions? Uh, the last time I played a set was my dad's 60th, uh, which was like six years ago. So no, not really. But I've still got a set. Like, I could do it, but I just choose not to. For everyone involved, it's better. <laughs> but that's a great thing to do for your dad, I feel like, for his 60th. That's... Well, you didn't hear it, Ellie, to be honest with you. Like, you, didn't, you didn't hear it. So, you know what I mean? Like, you say it's a great thing <laughs> to do for your dad, but, you know, it did sound awful. So, yeah, there is that side of and it. And then you well. passed out afterwards. So, like, oh, yeah. Oh, like, I lasted like three three minutes and then I was like done. Like, went to bed, called the quits. <laughs> <laughs> and OSU is a global community. So, we like to get a sense of where you're from in the world. So, where do you call home and what's special about that place? Uh, so I now live uh, in Edinburgh. I'm originally from a small town called Dunoon, which is uh, basically on the west coast of Scotland. And I'm from like 25 minutes away from town. So like I live in the middle of nowhere. Like we like overlook like a, a, a loch. Uh, it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, I've actually just been, been, been there for the last couple of days. It is one of the most beautiful places you could go in the world. It's, it's, it's absolutely amazing, but there's nothing there at all. I went for a run uh, yesterday morning and I ran for an hour and I saw two Two people in an hour's run like running along like a main <laughs> road so you can kind of say it so so it's beautiful like, i highly recommend anyone going there for, for a wee holiday i now love in it love in edinburgh which despite being a small city i think it's like an instantly globally recognized city like everyone knows edinburgh as like a city uh it has the festivals all these sorts of things it's an amazing place to live i used to travel a lot for work but obviously that's all stopped now because like I think there was this thing called like a global pandemic. So like we're all stuck where we're stuck at this point in time. So yeah, yeah. just a small scale event. I don't know yeah. if you've heard about it, Ellie. Do you know what I mean? Like it happens. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I, know, I, know, I, know, I know life is kind of slightly more normal in New Zealand now, but uh, not so much in the UK. <laughs> but yeah, no, like uh, I, I, that's where I live. That's where I call home. Yeah, abs- absolutely love it. And if you weren't the founder of This Is Unfolded, what industry or job do you think you'd be working in right now? So I do love this question. I would love to think I'd be playing football for Liverpool Football Club, but that is a total lie because I am nowhere near good enough. But if we could just pretend that I was, then that's what it would be like. Outside of that, I, I don't know. I think I'd be trying to change something somewhere. I think that's kind of part of my DNA of 
kind of finding problems and thinking that you can make them better for the industry or the sector that that's in I, I i really have no idea but yeah yeah professional footballer for Liverpool football club yeah that's the aspirational lofty goal no it's it's, it's, it's true <laughs> elliot like it's totally true that's that's the case <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we'll lock it in, is it that? Yeah, just lock it in, just lock it in, yeah. <laughs> Moving into more serious things. Um, when the pandemic took hold in 2020, this figure really blew my mind. Brands cancelled more than $2 billion worth of clothing orders with factories that were mainly in developing countries. And mm. this led you to the idea for lost stocks. So... Mm. How did that idea come to you in this moment and what were you doing when all of this was, forgive the pun, unfolding? So basically before the pandemic, we run a business called Malsey and basically what we'd done is we'd built a consumer side shopping app that's a little bit like Tinder but for clothes. And what we were doing with that was that we were basically building this huge insights database and we were then helping brands and retailers decide on what to make. So we're using all that swipe data to kind of make predictions about trends, about products that should be brought to market. We'd grown that to like 635 million customer opinions and had like one and a half million downloads. And then the pandemic came along and kind of just stopped us in our tracks. Because all of a sudden, you know, all these brands and retailers weren't actually buying stock anymore. So we then saw what was happening when people were like cancelling all these orders. And it was like a really horrible situation. And we saw these like articles appearing. And I remember like the, the main article was that we read was like on the BBC News website. And there was this quote in it from a factory owner because basically brands were cancelling orders that had been completed with like no payment being made against them using force majeure in contracts. And if you think when a garment is being created, like the amount of investment that's gone into that is like really substantial and then they get paid for it. So because of this model, all these factories are then dumped with this stock, which they've paid for, they've taken lines of credit to create, and they've got this huge problem out the other side. So I remember reading this BBC News article, which had this line in it, basically, that said, if coronavirus doesn't kill my workers, then starvation will. And reading that, kind of going, there's something to be done here. So as a team, we kind of got together and we kind of said, well, how could we impact this? How could we have like a positive sort of journey to kind of go on? And we came up with this idea, which we ended up calling Lost Stock, which was that we would basically sell the clothes that had been made and completed for other people to help the factories generate revenue so they could pay back their lines of credit. But what we would also do is that we would take the kind of the, the margin and the money that was made and invest that directly into helping garment workers out the other side. So it's kind of a crazy sort of idea because all this product is currently sitting in warehouses in, you know, in developing countries. And we've never moved any product before in our life. We've never touched the supply chain. We've never had to buy directly from factories. So we put this together and there's a couple of other challenges in the sense of we can't take pictures of any of it because it's all sitting in these warehouses. Even if we could take pictures of it, we weren't sure if we were allowed to show the pictures because of the design rights associated to the products. So we then just kind of said, like, let's just go for it. And what we'll do is we'll sell these clothes as like a mystery packet. So instead of picking individual pieces, you'd basically tell us, I like these sorts of colors, this is my size, this is my gender, this is my age, and then we would match you up against the stock that had been canceled. We ended up buying stock that had been canceled by nearly 50 different brands. So it's a huge number of brands that had kind of gone through this sort of process. So we put this together and the idea was you buy a mystery packet, you help the factories, but for every order, we basically will support a garment worker and her family in Bangladesh 
Bangladesh for a week. Okay. So it's like something good for you. You're stopping stuff going to landfill and you're having a positive impact on someone else's life. So our target for this was to, to sell like 10,000 packets. We hit 10,000 after five days. And actually over the course of seven months, we ended up selling 125,000 of these packets, enabling us to save like, you know, I think over 400,000 items of clothing from potentially ending up in landfill. But at the same time, we ended up supporting in Bangladesh 113,000 people for over a month each during the pandemic, just from the money that we generated from lost stock and the process that kind of goes through from it. Turns out it's not super easy to do something like that in terms of delivering all that and kind of building the kind of the infrastructure behind it. So, you know, we got lots of things wrong, but at the end of the day, we had this like really, really huge impact. And yet that's like the start of this kind of the journey and, and, and the kind of the piece that we're on now. Yeah, I I would really like to talk a bit more about the impact that had on the livelihood of the people who work in these garment factories, as well as the waste that you managed to divert from landfill. Like how how much are we talking? Like what kind of feedback were you getting? In the end, you know, in terms of the family volume, yeah, it was 113,000 people who were given enough to support themselves for for just over a month each. We focused on garment workers uh, who were basically facing hardship. So they might have been in some of the factories that we were buying stock from who, who didn't have the kind of the resource to, to, kind of, to, to, to kind of support them, who have been impacted by cancellations, or they were also helping garment factory owners where the factories had just totally closed down. The reason why we picked Bangladesh was that the lack of safety net sort of thing like this was one of the, the biggest countries hit by this you know if you think that i think it's something like 84 percent of the bangladeshi export economy is linked to fashion sales which is just a huge amount for that to kind of come out that we were like we can make an impact here as quickly as we possibly can and at the end of it you know we can look back and say yeah do you know what we really did make an impact like 2020 was a crazy year for so many people and I'm really proud of, of our team. Instead of kind of feeling sorry for ourselves, we actually just kind of turned everything very quickly and said, "Let's go and make a really positive impact." And I think we can look back at it and say that, yeah, we definitely, we definitely did. Yeah, you definitely did. It's incredible. And I'm curious, what learnings did you take from Malsey that helped you in the situation of creating lost stock? Like, what insights there helped you actually respond so quickly? Uh, so, like, I think the, the biggest thing on all these things is that you've just got to try things. Like, you've got to put something out really, really quickly and, you know, see if it takes, see what happens, and then kind of follow in behind that that kind of comes through. You know, we used a lot of our own data knowledge about how do we match customer, again, to product sort of thing. Uh, I think the thing that we had no idea about and how complicated it was was the kind of the logistics bit. And that's the bit where we probably made the most mistakes. Uh, turns out building a global supply chain in the middle of a pandemic is a little bit difficult. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, we, we did everything we could. We, ha- we had this amazing impact. And it's now allowed us to like continue that into the work that we're now doing with This Is Unfolded and, and what we're trying to build here uh, as like a long-term sort of impact-driven replacement. Yeah, because the, the mystery boxes probably aren't going to work in the longer term, right? So how did you turn that initial response into a long-term business model with this as unfolded? You're totally right. And there's two parts of the kind of the, the lost stock piece that are always going to be short-term sort of offerings. So so the first piece is that, you know, that whole business model is relying on you accessing stock that has been cancelled sort of thing. And whilst there is like a black sector of stock, it does actually become quite difficult to secure and kind of go through that process. 
The second part of it is that, you know, a mystery packet of clothes, like, is a one-off purchase, maybe a twice-off purchase. It's not a repeatable purchase model. And what we decided to do was let's create something that can replace this long-term and have, like, a really positive impact. So for us as a business, what we've always been about is how do we remove waste from the retail sector? But we've always been focused on doing that in conjunction with other brands or other retailers and using data to do that. But all of a sudden, we were kind of saying, well, why do we need to work within their model? Like, we now know all these factories. We now have done the supply chain piece. Like, we've always been inhibited by the kind of the, the kind of the adoption rate or the model that these other businesses have. Why don't we go and do this ourselves? So our idea was, can we remove the like 30 to 40% of product that is just like wasted in this system? And when I say like wasted, I mean like this is the product that never gets sold. So like 30% of clothes that are made are never sold. That's just the most wild stat like in the world. And it's something that we've all just kind of like accepted. It's like, that's fine. But it's not, it's not fine, is it? I didn't know that was a thing. So in a normal retail model, about 30% of the products created are wasted. They're not sold. They're going to landfill. Some go to landfill, some will kind of like be used in different ways. If you think there's like one big, there's one bit, there's a couple of really amazing stories in Europe. I'm not going to talk about people's names, but there's like one story where like there's an entire power plant that is basically powered by burning clothes that a retailer can't sell. Okay, right. There's another one where like a big luxury brand when you're burnt $40 million worth of stock because they couldn't sell it. And they didn't want to discount it because then that damages the luxury brand element of what they're doing. Okay, right. And if you just think about that and you say like this industry is broken. Okay, right. Like, and this gets, this is before we get into like discounting all these sorts of different things that kind of come through. The whole idea behind Unfolded is what we're doing is taking away that waste, saving the money from it, and then investing that into positive change. How that works in practice, basically, we design clothes using like a data framework so like we're not based on my opinion or like someone else's opinion in the business of that that's going to sell we're basically starting off by saying the data in that is happening just now this shows us what people want what people like so let's start by designing in this framework once we've designed clothes in that framework we then take it to like our actual customers and get them involved in the process so we have like what's known as like the unfolded creator community and that's basically people who have purchased from us already and they help us get feedback so we'll like take all the designs to them and then they'll kind of walk through and tell us which ones they like which ones they don't like what they want us to change what i love about this point is that if the person that gives us like the best feedback we then name the item after them sort of thing so like someone walks away with being like i literally i named that piece of clothes because i was the one that gave us the most feedback that kind of comes through from it and then the next piece is that when we start to take, we, we then put items up for sale. Like once they've kind of gone through the creator group, we put items for sale, but we only produce after we've taken orders. So it means that there's a delay in delivery. So it's about four to six weeks for delivery instead. But by doing all of this, we remove all of that waste. With that waste then being removed, we then invest in positive change. So we have like an unfolded worker fund, which like pays extra money to, to the workers that work on our products. But it's also, we decided that the biggest thing that we could impact was providing like education around our factories and like in the communities where our clothes are made. So also basically the money taken, we invest in supporting children uh, through education through an organization called Pratham. 
in India, which is where we're currently producing clothes. And basically the, the model around that and the kind of the process that kind of comes through from it means that, you know, we can invest huge amounts into that bit. So, you know, we've been trialing unfolded now for two for two collections, keeping it really small, making an amazing customer experience and like making sure that we can deliver like all the time, like really, really working hard on that. And what we've seen is that we have raised enough to support, even just for those two trial runs, like we support like over a thousand children in education for the next 12 months. Just like pretty powerful as a kind of a position and a bit that kind of comes through, plus stopping anything going to landfill, like all these other sorts of different stages that kind of come through. So that's what we're building. And to us, basically, the way that we think about it is this is designed to be like a new model of retail. So if you think you've got your kind of like your traditional retail, you've got your like your fast fashion retail, we're basically going like this is like your conscious consumerism version of retail, okay, which is that it doesn't have to cost more money because it, it can't for the vast majority of consumers, you cannot charge them more money, but we can deliver you all this positive, like this positive for the environment, this positive for workers, like all these sorts of different stages. We can give it to you at the same sort of price, but we have to then change the underlying model that kind of comes through to, to make that all work and make that all hold together. So your community is driving the clothing and asking for what they want and requesting changes. How do you decide who's part of that Unfolders creative community, creators community, and um, how much feedback to take on board in terms of what they're after? So basically, to become a part of the community, like you have to just purchase from us. And once you've bought from us, then like you're like actively invited to join the community, and like nearly forty percent of people like come and join the community after that point. And like the community is like the most amazing place. I absolutely love it because as much as it's us like talking to the community, it's also the community talking to each other. And like I think a lot of time like social media or like the internet like can feel like a pretty horrible place. Like the community I actually think feels like the happiest place on the internet. I've seen someone describe it as like in there because it's like people connecting with each other, people like talking about how they're wearing items. And because we sell like relatively limited collections, we've had like amazing pe- like people coming and talking about what's happened to them whilst wearing the clothes. So we've had people who have been like offered jobs or people who've got engaged, like all all these sorts of different things and then sharing that in the community with other people that are on this sort of journey with them so we absolutely love that in terms of like how we take feedback it's like you know we, we have like a scoring system where you, people vote on products we have like kind of direct feedback against products and then like we use all that to then make the final sort of collection and the kind of the final balance so it's this really interesting sort of approach where we're balancing data with community and by utilizing the two at the same time, you know, our kind of bet is that you end up with this much, much better outcome. The process, and, and so far that's been proven out by, you know, our return rates are like insanely low in industry beating, like our repeat customer rates are, are super, super high. And I think that all shows that we're building something here that's really, really powerful. It might be small to start off with, but we're now kind of at the point where we can like really kick on with that. Yeah, and what you're doing is so unique in the fashion industry. Is there such thing as too much transparency or too much openness on taking the customer on the journey with you, or so far has that proved to be really positive? I really believe in that. Uh, like we did, I think, kind of post collection, uh, post collection one, where we basically like opened up like all the stats behind it. 
So we basically said this is like what the return rate is. This is what the basically the error rate was, like all these sorts of different things so that everyone can understand it. And we kind of said, and this is the feedback that you guys have provided us, and this is what we can do about them, and this is what we can't fix. So it's like some things that we're like, we can't fix that yet, but we, we've heard you and like we will get to it. But these are the ones that we can fix out the other side. So like I've loved seeing that. We also did something a bit unusual with the, with the community group where like returns is such a huge issue in like the retail sector. And actually so much of the time you can kind of short that sort of model. So what we did was, you know, we obviously offer returns, but what we kind of said is that a lot of the time returns come back too late in the business. This is a just-in-time order model. So these have been made specifically for, for kind of you guys because you've placed the orders against them. So instead of like doing traditional returns, why don't we make like a peer-to-peer swapping piece? So what we've then had is like if the size is like slightly off or if you don't like the color on, we've said to people like we'll post it in the community and then we'll pay the postage so that if you can you can swap with someone else in the community. And we've seen loads of people do that. So there's loads of these like little things that you can kind of like play with in the retail model once you've tackled that overarching waste. But like if you think of the traditional brand or the retailer, because that overarching waste sits in the model, like you can't change much, like because you're just stuck, you're like inhibited by it. But if you can tackle that bit, you can then start to do some really interesting and fun stuff uh, out the side. And, you know, I think back to the question on transparency is I think if you're transparent about what you're trying to do in the process and like the issues that you're going to face, like especially when you try to do something totally new, I think people can get on board with that and, you know, really understand it. Yeah, that's awesome. And I also read on your website that you don't call This Is Unfolded a sustainable brand because the retail industry will never be 100% sustainable. So Mm. I'd love to talk about the language you consciously use when it comes to describing your impact. Mm, Yeah. So I think like there's a lot of people who kind of say the word sustainable or something like that, but like we're still all producing. Okay. So like you can't, you know, you can't be producing and claim that you're like fully fledged sustainable, but what we can be is we can be better than the alternative. And that's really what we're focused on is like, how can we be better than the alternative, but how can we also then be accessible out the other side and accessibility? I think when we start to talk about conscious consumerism is is something that cannot be ignored. Okay, right? As much as it's it's as much as we think it's great and you know what, customers will pay more for X, Y, or Z, the vast majority of customers won't. Someone told me about this amazing study in America where I think it was Walmart or Target basically tested the impact of made in America. So obviously Americans like love the whole made in America, the most proud nation in the world. And basically they tested the concept where they had two of the same black t-shirt and one was like made in America and like on the stand had loads of American flags around it. One was like made in Mexico next to it. And there was like a dollar difference between the two of them. And they put them beside each other on sale and the Mexican one massively outsold the American one. Like people wouldn't pay just a little bit extra for that made in Americanness. And this is when we think about sustainability and when we think about the sector that we're in, some people will pay extra, but the vast majority of consumers are not able to, or they have been conditioned to not. And if we want to make fundamental change, we need to offer something to those consumers at a price point that is accessible. So what we're doing, we're always kind of saying, how can we make sure that this competes on price 
with the alternative that is not going to be as good for like workers or the environment or whatever it is that kind of comes through from it. So for us, that's really, 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 really important. I'm not sitting here saying like, you know, we've, we've not got everything perfect. We're working through that process. Like we're trying to use like the best materials, but one of the issues with kind of certain sustainable materials is like the lead times on them are like significantly longer. And if something significantly longer is lead time, that impacts on our model. So it's like, how do you balance all these things through and how do you make, try to make the best decisions as you possibly can as you go through that process. And what's, what's next on the horizon for this is unfolded? How are you planning on making your processes more sustainable in the future? So we've done our first two collections now, which we are super excited about, have gone like really well. We've only got like five-star review on Trustpilot. Like, you know, we've seen this amazing repeat customer, mate. It's a raising return rate. And like, we've got all this excitement and this amazing community now of people who have built up uh, to help us kind of decide this through. And we've, we've delivered thousands of units in a very short space of time which allows us to kind of test all the different parts of the process so for us now like we're going to go through like another period of learning what we've built or i talk about that we've done like these kind of two trial runs like the two trial runs are like still quite substantial and in reality still put us into like a you know a seven figure business sort of thing like straight off the back sort of thing as a run rate and it kind of says like because we've got that because we've got that community feel because we've got all this sort of working together like we can figure out how to make this amazing hopefully really quickly with that community and then scale it and have a really positive impact i'd love in 12 months time ellie to come back and do this and like basically say how many you know we'd helped a thousand kids by that point okay right in 12 months time we've helped like thirty thousand, whatever that number looks like and had that really positive impact uh, just by removing waste from the model yeah i'd love to revisit it too and i was wondering can anyone in the world buy from this is unfolded at the moment or is it not quite global yet not yet, but please, please like go visit it. this is unfolded.com and you can basically register for like access when we open up the other places. Uh, you can kind of follow our journey on kind of social media and, and all these sorts of different places. Uh, but yeah, we're only shipping to the UK just now. And the reason being, so, so lost stock, we, we shipped to 10 different countries uh, in, and we set all that up and had it running within, within a seven month period. Uh, we were like turning on countries like based on like demand behind them sort of thing. Uh, we were kind of taking it a bit slower this time around just to kind of make it all work and kind of just be like super, super happy with it. But that's great with Lost Stock. You saw that the model works. It resonates globally with people. So oh, oh, 100%. when you get to that point, it'll be great. If you're in the UK, come and give us a, give us a whirl, give us a buy. Uh, if you're not in the UK, just head across the site and you can register to, to get first access when we set up in, in your country. Uh, we can give it a go at that point in time. Great plug. <laughs> oh, did you like it? Like, yeah, no, it was, it was a good one. It was a good one. <laughs> I was going to ask you to plug everything at the end, but you bet me to it. <laughs> just, just in case everyone drops off by this point, I've got my plug in now. Sorry, what were you saying? What would be your advice for fashion brands that are looking to reduce their waste or overhaul their models like you've done? I think we have this thing where we ask brands to be better. And I'm now probably just of the opinion it's just time to build better brands. I think the question that I would kind of pose and it's the question that I always pose is like, why are we making this product? Like, are we sure this product is going to sell? And it's not enough just to say, I think it's going to sell or I, do you know what I mean? Like you've got to have real data to back up that decision. And that's not what happens. I think also I would kind of challenge 
you know, so many businesses are so focused on how many SKUs do they have on the website and get overly excited about, oh, we've got X number of SKUs. We release 200 new products every day or whatever that number is. And again, that to me is like just a fundamentally broken model. If you're releasing 200 new products every single day, chances are that you don't actually know which products are going to sell. If we are serious about sustainability, about ethics, about all these sorts of different things, we have to change that model. Because if you're if you're just buying 200 things, throwing it at the wall, seeing what happens, like you're wasting so much in that process. But you know that's how many industries are now built and that's kind of focused on. And my question would kind of be, you know, how do you change that? How do you kind of move that? forward within your organization yeah i think for the brands out there who haven't invested in sustainability or social impact yet based on the response you've seen with this entirely new model you've built why should they do it now what will it mean for the future success of their brand i think most of the times when businesses get in trouble or, or retailers get in trouble is that they try to be all things to all people so you know if there's one fast fashion retailer in the uk which has had like really bad press about certain things and like it's changed some of them but none of that slowed down their sales growth like none of that like made that impact piece through there always will be people that want to consume it that sort of piece that's really upsetting and like we can try to educate we can try to change those people but chances are that's where they are they're not going to move on mass to where they need to be on the other piece so instead what it comes down to is that the rest of us just have to do that bit more uh, and I know that's sometimes like a hard thing. It's a bit like a martyrdom type thing that we've got to kind of sacrifice for, for those other sorts of people. But if enough of us do it, then it has that same sort of impact. Just my personal opinion on it. You're not going to change the person that is like addicted to fast fashion. They're in that space. Yeah. So a reframing of that question is if there is purpose led brands out there, how do they find that community of conscious consumers in the oh, sea that's... of all these other consumers? Yeah, how do you how do you find how do you find your tribe? Yeah, that aligns with your values and your business values. You're you just gotta keep talking. Do you know what I mean? Like like try to profile them down. Like who have you got today? Like who have you got today? How engaged are they with you? And then profile out from that point. I think often there's like there can sometimes be this bit where like brands and retailers or businesses like have this vision of who they want their customer to be, and often it mirrors who they are sort of thing whilst in reality like who the customer actually is is different and they keep plowing because they want that customer because it's maybe that customer's cool or that customer's edgy or that's whatever that customer is and there's this customer over here that's like just a better fit and don't be wedded like be quite happy to like just be like if that's who wants to buy my product if, if i can build my community here if they like align with my values then that builds out i think what's interesting from from my perspective coming at it is that you know we make women's clothes so it's like like my customer is not me okay it's never going to be me yeah. and i have to be in the mindset like it will hopefully it will be me actually at some stage in the future when we do menswear but it has to be in the mindset of like i'm not trying to appeal to me like i'm trying to appeal to this people and then it's like well where does that community hang out who's like the leaders in that community how do you kind of build that piece through you know how can i reach those people how can i tell a story you know and that same sort of point that kind of comes through just now and you know we're on that journey as well but it's something that we're talking about like every single day is like how do we get to these people how do we build that part of the story out that's interesting with the this is unfolded model you think that will work for men as well in the future they'll be interested in that kind of approach to fashion 
we've already got a men's wait list. We've already got a kid's wait list. And it, it might be that it's not the men buying sort of thing. Like, like <laughs> it might be that it's someone else buying for them or someone else giving the feedback on it. But uh, yeah, like I, yeah. I, I think our model works for many different customer groups. And it's how do you tap into all of them and how do you connect up with all of them as you're kind of going forward? Yeah, I was going to say my partner does not care about fashion at all. So the mystery box model would probably work for him like permanently. It did really, (laughs) really well with men, like the mystery box model. But, you know, there's also a lot of women who like buy their other half's clothes sort of thing. So it's then kind of saying to them, you can help decide what like what's designed for him. And that kind of comes out and that becomes quite an attractive sort of model. And, and that kind of comes out at the same sort of stage. But yeah, like the, 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 the mystery box for the men, we did like, we had some really jazzy shirts in it from like one brand at one point in time. And like, there's one <laughs> with like lobsters all over it. Like some loud party shirts. Oh yeah. Oh, they were definitely out there. And like one of them like turned off on like TV, like a TV personality in the UK, like wore it and like everyone was like really excited. The lobster shirt, just to be clear. <laughs> I don't want to finish like the conversation about, Hey, come and buy our clothes. Like they're really cool and like interesting with, Hey, we make lobster shirts. I want to make it very clear. We don't make lobster shirts. We just accidentally sold them for a period of time. I think it would really liven up the environment when people were doing remote calls, working from home, if they just rocked in in a crazy lobster Uh, shirt. in In a lobster shirt. Yeah. I, th- I think I think it would liven up most situations a lobster shirt to be honest with you, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's got to, you've got to take a brave man to give it to give it a go at that point. But I think this is like I think this is again something that we need to, you know, I think to me clothing is a really interesting sector, and like one of the reasons why like I work in this retail sector is because it impact even if you are not engaged in like fashion per se like clothing impacts everyone's lives like we all have to wear clothes like all the time what we've got just now is what i consider like a push model it's like i'm a brand i produce this stuff i'm now pushing it out to you all and i'm telling you this is what i should buy and i'm taking these like stores and i'm filling it with this stuff what we're trying to create is basically a pool model which is that you know what choices are being pulled by the consumer and the consumer's telling us like this is what we want this is what we want to buy and how that kind of comes through and by moving from this push model to this pool model that we can cut out the waste in the middle uh, and then do something really positive with that yeah and the consumer is so much more empowered that way as well in their decisions yeah and exactly and they're they're part of it and they're engaged and yeah like who who doesn't love the idea of like i helped design this top that i'm wearing or it's named after me it's named after me yeah like we've loved yeah. that do you know what i mean like that's right and it's like you know, seeing people who have like bought the, the thing that's named after them and then like the pictures that they take and the happiness that you see from them, like that to me is like absolutely buzzing. Like I get really excited about seeing that and the, the bit that kind of comes through. And how do you define and measure the impact of your work? What does success look like for you? So uh, firstly, because I'm Scottish, like there's no such thing as success. There's only just like more work <laughs> to be done. That kind of sounds like New Zealand. Yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm really, really bad uh, for that. and I'm trying to get better. Uh, so for us, like, it comes down to kind of two pieces. So like the two things that, that we're looking at is always like how many lives have we impacted? Like, so like, you know, how many people have we helped? Because the savings that we've made and then like how much waste have we reduced from the traditional model for how that kind of comes through. And like to me, tracking both those numbers is, is the really big thing. What does success look like on each one of them? Well, like I don't really know yet, if I'm being honest. We have lofty aspirations and, and hopefully, you know, it's tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who will be helped over a period of time. You know, I genuinely love the idea if I can be sitting here, you know, I'm 33 just now, if I can be sitting here at 40, 
Uh, we'll do another podcast then, Ellie. Uh, we're going to go one, <laughs> one year's time Locking and then in. seven years' time. Lock it in. Yeah. Uh, is that we basically can look back on it and say, hey, we've helped like hundreds of thousands of people or millions of people in that time, all just because we made a, a new retail model. That to me gets like really, really exciting. It's not easy. It'll like have lots of challenges along the way. But fundamentally, if you believe in something, you've just got to go and give it, got to go and give it a try. 100%. And you bet me to this before, but let's recap. Where can everyone find This Is Unfolded online? Oh, did I sneak in a plug, plug halfway through the podcast? I did sneak in a plug <laughs> yeah, halfway through the podcast. Got two plugs now. Uh, I've got two plugs now. I, that's not bad for me, to be honest with you. I'm surprised I didn't just share, like <laughs> sign up here at like random places. Uh, so yeah, if you have enjoyed listening to my incoherent rambling or my stories of playing bagpipes or wanting to play for Liverpool Football Club, uh, or more importantly, if you just want to try a different way of shopping, then it's just thisisunfolded.com uh, or across social media on this unfolded uh, that kind of comes through please give us a shot uh, if you live in the uk then you can buy from us just now or in our next collection if you live internationally please like followers or register like you can find a wee box at the bottom of the website where you can just basically put in your email address and we'll keep you posted as we open up other countries that's like our aspiration and we will do that as quickly as we possibly can wow that was a great wrap up <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was a different plug thanks kelly for your time today it's been awesome getting Thank you so much, Ellie. It's been an absolute delight. That's Kelly Russell, founder of This Is Unfolded. If you miss Kelly's plugs, you can find This Is Unfolded at This Is Unfolded on Instagram. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Conscious Commerce. If you're not a subscriber yet, show us some love and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. If you want to see more of No Issue, we're at noissueco on Instagram and TikTok and noissue.co on the World Wide Web. We'll catch you next time.